You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. So today is, I'm going to finish up my part five of my Simply Jesus uh, message, and it's a terribly tragic uh, and often overlooked part of the Christmas story um, that I'm going to share this morning. So it's a bit trickier today, but, but first, a joke. A man named, now because of the nature of the joke, um, insert your name here. Men, okay? No one in particular today. So I guess a man named, insert your name, Roy, was wandered around in a field thinking about how good his wife had been to him and how fortunate he was to have her. He asked God, why did you make her so kind-hearted? The Lord responded, so you would love her, my son. Why did you make her so good-looking? So that you would love her, my son. Why did you make her such a hard-working lady? So you would love her, my son. The man thought about this, then he said, I don't mean to seem ungrateful or anything, but why did you make her with so little common sense? So she would love you. <laughs> Anyways, that's why you better not put anybody's name in there, right? Could be any one of us, guys. In the fifth message of our Simply Jesus Month, um, we've explored a number of different characters, tried to bring something out that maybe you haven't heard before. Um, from the first coming of Christ where I briefly looked at the Mary miracle and the shock when the angel spoke to her, the Joseph dilemma, dealing with the hardship and the struggle and the challenge to hear that your young bride-to-be was pregnant and not understanding how this, you know, the fabricated story and the challenge he would have had to go through for months. It wasn't like it happened just, it happened and then the, it would have been two or three months until he probably heard the, from the angel. The shepherd's story. The moment when the angels broke through and the miraculous birth of our Savior last Sunday uh, we shared upon. The fifth and last character in the Christmas story I'd like to touch upon is really a bad actor. And there's some bad actors out there. I don't think I've ever spoken about him on any of my previous Christmas messages at any point in time. Except maybe in passing here and there. But uh, I think it's important in the days that you and I are living in to bring to your attention and caution you that not everyone leading and directing is of God. You mustn't allow yourself to be seduced into any toxic state of mind. And it's possible. There's a lot of voices, a lot of social media, a lot of things out there that people are listening to. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I want to I wanna guard your heart in these days. It's the wellspring of life. Determines what you allow into your heart. What you allow to can determine the course of your life. Now, of course, evil is rump, running rampant. It's in the streets of the big cities, in the countryside, small villages. It's seen in officials and local governments and those leading on the national level. Many hearts have gone astray. It seems everybody has been affected and infected by the senseless insanity nerve. The senseless insanity nerve, S-I-N, sin short. Nations are rising against nations. There's the rise of violence in both the pauper and the prince who inflict their greedy lust of evil on, that, on all that oppose them. People not passively waiting around for an opportunity to do bad, but are predatorial. They're planning evil, setting up traps, and promoting violence. And where is the work of pure evil occurring? I'm not talking about our day. 
happened right in the little town of Bethlehem, the time of Christ's birth. All of those things I just mentioned are happening in Bethlehem. The world hasn't changed a whole lot since Bethlehem. The spirit of Herod has gripped the community. Envy, greed, jealousy. Proverbs 21.4 says, Haughty or arrogant eyes and a proud heart and evil actions all lead to sin. Let's go back to the story. The scholarly wise men who had begun their search for the newborn king many months prior finally reached their destination. They had followed the bright and shining anomaly in the night sky. We say it's the Bethlehem star. We really don't know what it is. In every other occasion, I was reading over the story again, every other occasion there was angels involved. This is the only story that didn't have, I, I, I don't know, they say the astronomers look up and go, this can't happen. It doesn't have to be a star. It didn't have to be. It had been quite a trip, an odious trip, taken time for the wise men and the, these people to build up a consensus among all of the scholars, the magi, the kings, the desire to pay tribute to a newborn king. They just didn't arrive there instantaneously. Paying tribute is an important part of the story, I think. Paying tribute was a common practice between royalty in ancient days. Paying tribute. Kings from afar had taken time in preparing and loading up not just three camels. There's more than just three. But they had caravans. It was a caravan of gold, frankincense, and, more, and much other things. Many other valuable, rare gifts. Like the angels, like the shepherds, it was an amazing moment to find a newborn king and present him with all of these precious treasures. It was not just a few things. Jewels and fine oils and perfumes. That's what you gave to a king. When kings came from far, that was a tribute. It was not just a little bit. It was just not a handful. It was a huge bounty. But not all in the land were excited about arrival of a newborn king. It would be a rival. Only in Matthew's gospel does it talk about the clash between King Herod and the newborn king called Jesus. The problem for King Herod began with the rumors of a newborn king. Rumors of this child being born. His concern grew when he saw the caravans arrive. Tribute. Laden treasure for this newborn king. This was not something small. This was not something simple. Then seeing the visitors, the nobles, the scholars, and kings traveling from afar brought him a greater concern. These men had traveled a great distance to find a king. Ancient days, kings were important. Herod began to get very concerned. Greed and envy go far beyond nice things. It wasn't just the tribute. It wasn't just the wealth that they brought him. The rumors spreading about the newborn king on the scene, challenging, would challenge his authority. Somebody to replace him, the paranoid Herod. And it's long historical records show that Herod was very paranoid. He had built, Masada was a, was a fortress that he could run to from the Jerusalem if he needed to, if he was being attacked. He was very paranoid. Herod was not so excited to hear that there was a replacement in his midst. And that's what, how he would have thought of it. Someone to replace him. Intrusive thoughts began to disturb him. Both Satan and sin 
can bring intrusive thoughts, so intrusive that that's all you can begin to think about. And that was had to have been happening to King Herod. Irrational fears grew. Envy grew. Thrust him into a jealous rage. You can get a sense of this when you dig deep. The Greek word for envy is a word that means boil within. Herod began to boil within thinking of what was going on. He began to boil inside in the idea of this newborn king replacing him. He could not manage his emotions at all. That's one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. He had no self-control. Before the birth of Christ, Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor, remember, he was from a different land. He was leading from a different location. Believed himself a godlike figure of a man. Caesar Augustus did. That's how the Romans thought of that. He made, Caesar Augustus made Herod the honorary puppet king of Israel for complying and fulfilling and following the wishes of the emperors as all the his, Caesar's uh, plans and, and purposes, his desires. But behind the narcissistic Herod, there was even a greater title that he gave himself. In history, Herod is known as Herod the Great. The king of the Jews. Can you imagine calling yourself? Hello, I am Jay the Great, the pastor of Maple View Community Church. See, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know if the mayor's in here at all. Alex the Great, the mayor of Barry. Who would do that? That's what Herod called himself, Herod the Great, king of the Jews. The caravans filled with gold, frankincense, and myrrh for the newborn king were not challenging enough for Herod. Then 11 words spoken from one of the wise men sent him skyrocketing. In one short sentence, the boiling point was reached. The paranoid king lost it completely when the 11 words were spoken. It opened up untold grief and horror. What were the 11 words? This is what the kings from afar asked. He said, where, now put yourself in the position, all that you're learning. Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? A direct attack on who Herod himself was. A king of the Jews. The book of James says this, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Do not think that every leader you serve is there for all the right reasons. There is sin lurking. And if it's not tamed, it's not taken care of, if we don't submit to the obedience of the Lord, if we not follow the direction of the Spirit of God, if we're not into the Word of God, we can begin to follow into paths that we don't want to. In those days, evil desires abound. In these days, they abound. You must be prayerful, discerning, use wisdom when it comes to who you're going to trust and follow. So many voices. In this case, Herod's political position was threatened. And you know this over the years, if you're a student of history, or if you listen to the news, Sin, the sensitive insanity nerve, attacks us all at different Herod's political position was threatened. And there are those who are addicted to power. 
and will do anything to keep it. Herod was one of those men. And his cruelty grew in proportion to the threat. This is a good little word. I found this. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. When choosing between two evils, choose neither. If it's evil, you stay away from it. With these 11 words, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? The Bible says that Herod became greatly disturbed. Those, these, are, these are all in the framework of a little passage of Scripture. Greatly disturbed, agitated, to, to shake violently. The visiting strangers had no idea what they were stirring up in the paranoid king when they said, for we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. Worship was to be reserved in Herod's mind for him himself. He was Herod the Great. There was another in his pride wanting, to, wanting worship, we recall, don't we? He got kicked out of heaven for that. That's another story. We'll talk about it some other time. Pride and arrogance and envy can do some terrible things. The Bible said the whole region became disturbed, and for good reason. Herod had already killed to stay in power. He'd already taken a number of lives. His brother-in-law, these weren't people he didn't know. He killed his brother-in-law, his mother-in-law, two of his sons he had put to death, and one of his ten wives. Envy, greed, jealousy can lead to hatred, violence, and cruelty. We can see that out there. But what he was about to do next to rid himself of the newborn king is beyond comprehension. It goes, defies understanding. Herod became incredibly toxic and violent. He gave orders to kill all, to kill all the male children two years and younger. That's part of the Christmas story. An unspeakable evil. In those days, the killing would have been bloody and gruesome. It earned him the name the Butcher of Bethlehem. From Scripture. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region that were two years old or under. The destruction, the killing, the... And he didn't do it personally, so there was accomplices, people that carried out this brutality. This world is harsh. Herod decided to kill every baby that was born of that generation because he was jealous of the newborn king of the Jews. This is so evil. I understand why we don't include it in the Christmas story. It can't, it's, it's un, we can't comprehend that. It's, it's disturbing to even think about. The children who have died have long been forgotten. The names only known by God in heaven. It's a Christmas story seldom told. But Satan uses jealousy to invoke the evilest of desires in man. Satan will do all he can to harm the children of, this, of that day and of this day. He's out to try to harm children. That's why we have to have this place so guarded. That's so why risk management for me is so serious about our kids. Some of you have come from situations that maybe haven't been as guarded and you've carried some of the weight. Satan wants to hurt children. We have to prevent that at all costs. The narrative, while ancient, it's an ancient narrative, isn't it? But it resonates deeply with the struggles faced by many today. Because of current wicked leadership, 
the toxic leaders and global situations. It's hard to even understand. I, I don't know if you will follow the news and the media. I, I normally do, but I, it's getting harder. You see the struggles in the Holy Land because of corrupt and evil leadership? You see it happening in Russia? I know it's happening in Ethiopia. It's seldom talked about Somalia. And for some reason, that I can't even understand, not one, not the United Nations or any media outlet is reporting of the 52,000 Christians massacred by radical Islamic groups in Africa. It's happened over this year. Not one mention, not one protest. Herod's envy and jealousy tried to kill the infant king, but even with all the power of earth at Herod's disposal. This is an important thing. With all the power of, of earth at Herod's disposal, it was no match for the powers of heaven protecting baby Jesus. We have a king that cares and loves. Matthew chapter 2. Now when they heard, they had... Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord, this is after the wise men departed, an angel of the Lord had appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother, it gives specific details, by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. God came through an angel, spoke to Joseph. And that very night, the very moment, he didn't, he didn't, got up and left. Probably what sustained him for the two years in Egypt were all the treasures that the wise men came and brought him. Let me close with this. At Christmas, you celebrate the goodness of God. We all do. No matter what is going on in your life right now, What's going on in the world right now? And you, are, you may be facing an evil Herod yourself, maybe a tyrant you've never met, like a Caesar Augustus, under control. You're under his control. The government, some of the things going on. Maybe it's like the Roman occupation. They lived with high taxes. Danger was threatening at every step of the way. Sometimes we don't see it. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You learn if you are a wise man, you will seek him still. We bow before the Lord in worship. No matter what the circumstances in your life right now are, we bow before Jesus. We live for God. We endure. Whatever is facing you, you must never let envy, greed, and jealousy get hold of your heart. Guard yourself against those things. Those things will keep you from seeing the star. It will keep you from being led to the cross, to the manger. It will prevent you. Those things can prevent you from worshiping the king. And I know that every time I'm tempted by evil desires, I need to be reminded of the truth that those things have been nailed to the cross. Jesus nailed them to the cross. And I must resist falling into those ways with all my heart and count on the power of the Holy Spirit to not fall, follow in the ways of Herod. We may never be a Herod, but we can have that kind of spirit. 
My final words on this Simply Jesus story month are from one of the leaders from the Gaza Baptist Church that our friend Hannah Massad sent to me earlier this week. I can't imagine being a follower of Christ. In the midst of war, he said, we feel we are Noah's Ark because of Jesus. While the world celebrates Christmas, we are surrounded by terror, fear, and bombings. The circumstances are indescribable, yet despite it all, we find the true meaning and purpose of Christmas deeply rooted in our hearts. We can endure anything when we have Jesus, even wicked leaders. The birth of Jesus combined with the hope of the cross and the resurrection this morning becomes the ultimate protection and refuge for each, each one of us. Even when the world seems chaotic and dangerous, and it can be, can't it? We all know that. May you and I continue to live fervently a life extending the hope and refuge to as many as we can who need Jesus. That's our calling today. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you that you journey with us right from the beginning of the story of Christmas when Mary is given the word that she is pregnant. Throughout the whole narrative, the whole epic journey, you were there. Angels attended those that needed attending. Mercy and grace followed. People rose up. People helped. People encouraged. And Jesus, you were there all along, closer than any of us thought during this whole Christmas story. Through it all, even the wise men knew. Lord, you're closer to us than we think. You always have been. You always will be. We're not perfect people. We're not sinless. We cave into some of our own desires. But Lord, I pray that you'd make us stronger, ready, alert to the things that you've called us for this coming year. I thank you, Jesus, for all the wonder and the delight and the generosity that this assembly has shown this year to around the world. They're changing lives here and abroad. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. May your grace continue to abound to each and every one of us. I pray health and strength, safety and security over every family, over every person. And may we all, once again, bow our knee to the coming King. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody would say, one, what, Yeah, that's right. One last hallelujah for there. And everybody would say, hallelujah. We did it! Hallelujah. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.